0: And get that pre-order in, and you'll be able to get a free download of a meditation we created and a workbook that goes along with it. Much love and appreciation for your support.
1: Much love. Thank you.
0: So here we are. We're back. The long-awaited part two, part numero dos, dos, dos. Welcome back, Kylie Macbeth.
1: Thanks for having me back. I have loved hearing all of the stories and every soul who has reached out to me, sharing what they've learned, what resonated with in that first episode. So I'm really excited and honored to be back for round two.
0: So if you're listening and you're like, what are you talking about round two? What's round one? one it shows that you're new to the podcast so welcome and i look forward to you being a long standing member and to go back to if you google mark kylie let it burn part one you might you could listen to this separately but you're going to want to go back and hear the fire breathed breathed is that the right term breathed by my partner here kylie (laughs) uh so Last time we left off, we were in the dismantling of our relationship, the constructs, the everything dying, the house burning,
1: the descent.
0: And, you know, there's a point or the middle point, right, that that people don't that people want to know about the part that's the in between. And I, I think, you know, there's so much. There's so much reverence that has to be found for the space between everything, you know, between breaths, between beats, between the silence, you know. And I I think ultimately that was what occurred um, for the most part in that time apart. You know, I think in the last episode I talked about how I went into cabins and dissolved and you went into... Um, into rebuilding yourself, you know, that I took more of an external approach oh, into yeah. sharing my process. Mm-hmm. You went into an internal dismantling of all the systems. <laughs> and then, yeah. so, so initially in the time apart, we had boundaries around communication. I'd say those were essential from two perspectives, one healing, uh, because we didn't break up with, the belief or intention, at least consciously, that we were getting back together. No,
1: we didn't. We were very clear. Well, oh gosh, when I reflect back on that, though, there was like a part of me that was like, is this fully over? And I shared a little bit that I was like, something doesn't feel complete here. And you didn't like that at all, which I totally get, um, considering...
0: You mean when we were breaking up, and you're like, something doesn't feel complete here. Yeah, and I'm like, stop.
1: Yeah, and you were putting the (laughs) carrot.
0: I hated it at that point. That was like,
1: that was yeah, that was painful
0: because it was the it was the same thing, right? And I was like, no,
1: (laughs) a hundred percent. And I look back on that now, and I understand that that was not likely the, the smartest or wisest or most integral thing to say in that moment. However, there was, I think, and call it, I don't know which part of me, but there was like a part that was like, something doesn't feel complete. And I should have kept that to myself, of course, but instead I expressed it. And I will say through the time apart, I had to fully release that that notion of something's not complete had to be completely dismantled to the point that at the ending of my no man diet container where I removed men um, and any external validation through sourcing um, through men that on the other side of that, I was like, I was so clear that I wasn't sure about what was in highest and best alignment for you and me, the reform of our relationship for me and anyone in the next iteration of what partnership looked like for me. And I completely fully released the idea that it was going to look a certain way. And I actually came in very clear with that, as you know. After my container ended, I was like, we're dating Exclusively for three months, just to see. And the question I was really sitting with and living into at that time was, what is the highest and best form of this relationship for Mark and I's souls? Mm-hmm. Is it partnership, committed partnership, or is it friendship, or is it you know some other form of dynamic? And I lived into that question, and I wasn't sure. I don't think we, I don't think either of us were sure. And I think that space to really feel into and examine core value alignment and our own relational dynamic and chemistry was really important for us to build that new foundation of this relationship container. Because you and I are not the same people that we were in relationship 1.0. Like I am very clear that you and I are not even enacting similar patterns or dynamics that had existed in our relationship 1.0.
0: Yeah, I agree. And I think when you brought forward this idea that something's incomplete, I mean, I was like, no, like, you don't get to say that anymore. You don't get to just put out your casual 5% possibility desires because that's that like possibility was what kept me totally. for so long that I couldn't stand for it anymore, which was great. I had to get to that place where I was like, identifying these ways you did that that I just wasn't okay with anymore because when we ended it ended for me because I was so at the end of that part of myself that I was like nope that like for me it was probably uh easier because I don't or it was easier not easier to end I mean easier to say there's not a future here yeah because I've already been thinking about where the future might be here, and it's kept me yeah. for so long that I even the possibility of holding a possibility is too painful for me n- anymore.
1: Yeah, I get that, and I have a lot of compassion <laughs> for
0: yeah. you now. Yeah, thank you. i are <laughs> welcome. That, um, but that's
1: the that's the that's the confusing part for me when I examine like how split I was internally in relationship 1.0. It was like the woman in me knew the possibility uh, of what could be, right? But the little girl who was trapped in old trauma cycles and patterns of codependency didn't feel like she had choice, so she couldn't choose. So it was like I was stuck internally between these two parts of me.
0: Yeah, and I think my split was I had the adult part of me who's like, this is not healthy. Yeah. And the fawning part of me, that that was the reason I was staying. Yeah. The part that and for you listening fawning is like people pleasing it's like being you might know it as fight flight freeze fawn and so fawning is like instead of just freezing you're actually trying to maintain repair and keep connection but you're doing it at the cost of self and in doing that in that collapsing Uh, the adult wasn't in the relationship. So there's no trust. You know, we have two kids who are in relationship (laughs) with two adults being like, hey, you could really make this thing a good thing. And the two kids are like, but no one sees me, you know, no one. And so it's like, we're fulfilling each other's wounding cycle together.
1: Trauma bonds, babe. Right. So cool.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So cool. So hot right now. (laughs) So sexy. Yeah. And we're doing that. And then... In doing that, two people can't be in relationship because we're too busy completing each other, which really means we're just on a constant cycle that the wounds create.
1: Yeah. And that's that was essentially what we both needed to address in the space.
0: Well, that's what Let It Burn is. You know, I would argue, though, not argue, but I would say that I really needed to address it through the ending. Like the ending for me was actually a big healing process in that it ending and that and that me saying no more was such an arrival of my adulthood just in that I was a totally different person after that. Yeah, And my exploration after that was more processing grief, processing death, (laughs) processing (laughs) darkness, getting to know and... And I, you know, I've said before that, like, I thought I was noticing the world before that. And I really realized how much I wasn't noticing. And I I think what is buried below the fear of pain, the fear of grief, the fear of loss, is actually you turn yourself off to so much of the world. And our breakup really woke me up to so much of the world, to so much more of the beauty of darkness, the beauty of sadness, the beauty of grief and in a way sort of like what's interesting about that is what comes with that is the appreciation for things like the desert, (laughs) for, you know, like Mm. all these other parts of, of the complexity and the, 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 the really scary, sad parts of humanity, the sad parts of this experience. Um, I think so much of, so many of us turn ourselves off to those things because they feel like a lot to hold and we are invited to hold them when we, when we have no choice, you know, when our own fracturing says, you know, you can either close your heart here or you can, you can taste all of it. And all of it means suffering.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I find that the deep, the longer you stay in something that is wound bonding, trauma bonding, et cetera, however, whatever words you want to use there, Um, the more you get sucked back into that child self. So it's like at the end of that relationship, I think I probably had 1% adult online. And the rest was like 99% little girl. (coughs) And because of that, of being stuck in those nervous system responses and survival strategies, I didn't have the capacity to hold anything. Mm Right? Right. And, and that's just it. It's like we have to go through these ruptures and these initiations so that we can not only integrate these parts, meet them, hold them, but to really increase our capacity to be with and hold the pain, the truth, the beauty, the joy, the full range or, of human emotion.
0: You know, I think uh, what you're speaking to I, that I think is really important to highlight for anyone listening is that like when you get invited to that place that that fracture that that disrupted what is it, dismantling the rupture <laughs> disruption I combined a couple things there <laughs> disrupt will dismantle whatever all the fucking fucked up when I mean, as soon as you go into this place of total chaos that if it's so easy to go out of the chaos and to turn on your phone and to drink and to bang and to do all these things that feed addictions, because that if you're not surrounded by a community or even just the possibility of an example of someone who knows how to hold that themselves, then it would not have been modeled for you. And so you might do what's what quote unquote is normal. Get over the X, get under the next, you know, like these types of Colloquialism, so I don't even know if that's a colloquialism, but we have these Things that we people give us advice about and and say this is the way you get through that And as opposed to saying like you are in one of the most important moments of your life Where everything can change. I can't say that that's really like where generally are the models for that,
1: right? But there's a deep soul knowing i think that are marked in these moments in our lives soul initiations because i've heard it from many women who are in my containers and even with all of our friends is there's a knowing that it's time mm-hmm. that we can no longer continue to live in the same way that led us to this point it's like you become so um clear that what what was previous is no longer going to support you in moving forward in your maturation or in your purpose for being here on this planet. And that was, I hold those moments as sacred as I know you do. And after our rupture, I was like, whatever I need to do, burn down, dismantle (laughs) in order to be able to embody what I call liberated love, what we call liberated love, I'm doing it because I'm so sick and tired of being split internally. I'm so sick and tired of codependent dynamics. I'm so split. I'm so sick and tired of not being able to show up in love in the way that I know my heart is capable. And it was like, we're going all the way in because I'm done. And, you know, when you show up at that rupture with that level of intention to be like, I'm going in and I'm not coming out until I feel anchored, until I feel integrated, until I'm actually doing the work that my soul needs me to do in order to complete this initiation. As I'm sure you've talked about on this platform, Francis Weller talks about suspended initiation. Yeah. Where we're stuck in between two stages, developmental stages in our lives. And that's because we lack the modeling. We lack the rites of passage. We lack the elderhood or the potent adults who know how to guide and support this process. And we have to change that. Luckily, I've been surrounded by elders, by mentors, by guides um, to really facilitate some of this deep soul work that I believe has been underground or hidden or just not in the mainstream narratives um, for so long. And as you can feel in my voice, I'm very passionate about returning those frameworks and systems of understanding so that we actually can complete the initiation and step into a more mature way of relating so that we can have deep, meaningful and intimate relationships.
0: I think so much of the Western model of how we're sort of disembodied, you know, where uh, if you have pain or suffering, there's something wrong with you and there's a pill for that, you know, that, and, and I'm not making a judgment on whether someone takes a pill or that there's not a role for that, but in a way that, that turning away from what you're talking about, that turning away doesn't allow us the opportunity to recognize that in our suffering is a gift. And that's such even like, I want to add so many caveats to even saying that because that can be so like, what are you talking about? And it's it's not to dismiss the impact of it, but to say there's so much gold in there. There's so much. And this I love that you said the soul, like the soul knows that it can no longer operate the way it's operating and maybe that shows up as a dismantling of a relationship maybe that shows up as infidelity maybe that shows up as you cheating maybe that shows up as not you specifically but someone listening maybe it shows up well it could show up as you cheating but maybe it shows up as all these different things that that could be a loss of a job an illness But the soul is saying, and I think when we can open ourselves up to the possibility that the soul knows, or there's something greater going on here, which when you catch moments of like sunsets or just observing a blade of grass or watching a butterfly or looking out at the dark, at the, at the desert, that you, you can feel that there's more and I think when you're invited, because you don't have to accept the invite, as you said, the suspended initiation, when you're invited and you say yes to that, you recognize that there's a river that's flowing that you can be in, or you can keep trying to swim upstream.
1: Yeah. And I think a really important question and something I ask the women in my containers is what type of support do you need? in order to complete this initiation mm-hmm. that you are being asked to step through? What what type of support and what does that look like? And how can you ask for that? Because I feel like that's such an important piece. There, there are things that we need to be supported in these initiations. Community, sisterhood, brotherhood, financial stability to some degree. You know, there, there are pieces here that are important for the ego <laughs> or for, you know, our human experience for those to be in place in order for you to descend in the way that some of these soul initiations are inviting you to do so. You, you really do need a strong ego before you're asked to dismantle it. Right. Asking yourself that if you're in an initiation, if you're going through a transitional phase and rupture and whatever form that shows up is like, what do I really need in order to be supported through this initiation? And maybe that's signing up for a course or a container with a mentor working with a psychotherapist or a professional, but it's like getting really clear. How can I support myself to really go in and choose this fully?
0: Yeah, I agree. And that that knowing that that model of it takes a village that we are returning to ideally, hopefully, which a lot of cultures in the world have never left. And that shows you the sort of individualistic nature of um, at least North America, you know, this, that like in the idea of even asking for support is in some way, uh, trading in this idea that I'm self-sustainable and independent and, um, that I just need to get more and make that money and hustle. And if I can't, then I've lost, you know, and I, I think there's, that's why when you start to to wake up within one initiation of, a dismantling of whatever it might be the the frameworks of which you were taught about relationship you can't help but look at all the systems you can't help but start to say like holy shit like all of these systems have worked together to keep me in this space where i don't have a voice where i and i do self-abandon yeah. where, you know
1: yeah where i'm playing small and not being in my truth not being in my power and for many of us it hasn't been safe to be there like there's a lot of intergenerational data that's been coded into our systems that is like stay right here act this way be act like a you know for women specifically act like a lady don't be too loud don't be too much and then you'll be safe right right and so obviously i'm here to dismantle all of those narratives <laughs> <laughs> and return women to their rightful and sacred place in nature, um, and and men and all humans, no matter how you identify on that spectrum. But we really have to dismantle these systems of oppression that have been internalized and have been disconnecting us from our true original innocence and essence. And that takes deep work, and it takes a lot of what you were just describing, and I think bringing the soul back into the conversation is vitally important. And I know we're on a serious tangent right now, which I love.
0: But it was imperative work, you know, and that's, I think that's it is like every time that my life has gotten more brilliant, more beautiful, more luscious, more all the Mm -hmm. things it's always been due to some sort of rupture and, and accepting an invitation or not, and then getting a deeper rupture Yeah. To finally accept an invitation. But when you accept the invitation, you realize, you know, I remember when I first was going to start writing about relationships, I remember people saying, like, just leap and you'll be caught. And I think there's something about that surrender into the unknown that which really represents the acceptance of death, which represents so many different things. And it's almost like our psyches have been cultured and socialized to not even have the capacity to look at those things because we might discover that we're more than just meat sacks you know walking around with uh fate will bring you together and just if you swipe the right person or you send five texts that get the right reply you'll get the life in the disney movie you were taught that just is for lucky people not recognizing that a lack of pain is not a a sign of a joyous life you know that that the absence of pain means you're doing it right i would say that the presence of pain means you're paying attention and and you're being informed by your environment and you know when we were in that time as terry cole would say that was a long way around the barn (laughs) Uh, in that time apart you know the when we came so we, we didn't talk for three months through our mutual friend, Kelsey Grant, we came to the agreement that we would speak right around Christmas. Yeah. And I remember her being like, listen, I think there's some things you guys should talk about and you're honoring, both honoring your container that, da." and so we spoke quite a bit. And then we, we brought in new year's together <laughs> and, we went to the Trump Tower for <laughs> dinner. Yeah. <Yikes>. Uh, <laughs> uh, it was a good dinner. It was
1: yeah. a good dinner. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we didn't know the restaurant was there. Um, but yeah, we, we had that reunion and then there was a really interesting thing that occurred. I think it was the next day. No, maybe a couple of days later. And I was kind of feeling like, I don't know if this is aligned right now. Mm-hmm. And... That having a lightness to it, because we'd already done the hard thing, it was like still hard because it was one of those conversations where you don't know how the other person feels. Mm -hmm. But you know that at this point we're both liberated to be ourselves. And so I remember, I think you texted me and like, I need to talk. yeah. And I remember where I was, I was parked in a parking lot by All City because I was boxing. Shout out to All City. Love you. And I remember you saying like, I don't know what it is, but this Like, this just doesn't feel aligned right now. Yeah. And me being like, yeah, Mm -hmm. I agree.
1: Mm -hmm. And then at that point in time, I was already signed up for the No Man Diet container.
0: Yeah, which is a program. Which is a program
1: that Kendra Kunov runs and was just sacred timing. Like, you know, those teachers and those containers that come out of nowhere and you're like, wow, where has this been? So I signed up for that and that started January 12th. And upon entering into that container, I remember explicitly saying to you, like, my boundaries are going to be this, and I'm going to remove all contact with men, et cetera, you, um, throughout this container. And because I need, like, I'm not complete, and I still wasn't feeling anchored in my body and my knowing, and I felt still a level of insecure attachment. And I really wanted to show up for this container to do this work. Cause I knew deep down that this is what I needed.
0: Well, and like your commitment to that work, where was that born from? Like, where was the motivation, you know, like what was the never again or the, yeah. that, that motivated, because to, to enter any container requires some sort of meeting of your God, your, oh yeah, you know, your I thing. Mean- and I don't mean like you meet God, but you're like your makers, like, Whatever the maker is, it doesn't matter what your language is to you listening. It's like you meet this point where it's like, we can't do this again. So I have the resilience here for you.
1: Yeah. I met where Mark was, Wollin.
0: Mark Wollin. He's been on the podcast too. And I, a, I, yeah, I remember yeah, I was like, you
1: introduced me to Mark Wollen and you're like, Hey, I think you might need this in your life. And I was like here's Mark giving me another thing. You know, at that point I was like, yeah, I probably do. <laughs> and so I booked that months in advance.
0: To be fair, we were sending each other stuff. So it wasn't like no, I was it just was, sending you more stuff. No, 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 no. Yeah.
1: I believe it was actually before a rupture. Because I think I booked in like four or no, it wasn't. It was right. It was like right after.
0: It was right after I'd yeah. listened to his podcast yeah. and I was yeah. like, or to his book. And I was like, hey, yo,
1: yo. Yeah, and I I read I read his book before that, and I was like, "Yeah, I love that work. I think it's really important." Especially because
0: you were really looking at what is in my maternal line.
1: Yeah, I was really examining the patterns, the intergenerational patterns that had traveled through my matrilineal line, um, so that I could examine
0: matrilineal.
1: Yeah, so that I could so (laughs) that I could break those cycles and liberate myself from roles, identities, dynamics, and patterns that were no longer in service. So I get on this call with Mark Wollan, And initially, like maybe 30 minutes before the call with Mark Wollan, I'm like, I've already done all this work. Like I've read the book. I don't really need to be here. Like, literally, those are the words going through my head. Like, this is just an additional, like, bonus. I had already paid for it, so I was like- An additional bonus. Yeah, it was like, I kind of- Get ready, bonus. Like, I actually feel good, you know? Like, I was like, I feel like I'm doing a lot of work, because at that time, I was deep in dismantling all the systems. And I get on this (laughs) call with Mark Wollin, and it's actually quite hysterical, because he had me pegged within the first 20 minutes- and basically, had mapped out my core pattern of how I related in relationship based off of my core um, attachment pattern with my mother. And basically, he was like, "Man equals mother until you do mother work." And I was like, "I'm just gonna go to sleep forever now." Like,
0: <laughs>
1: and I was like, I remember laughing and looking at him, being like, "Am I really that easy to read? Like, am I really that easy?" And basically what he said- Men
0: was, equals mother, wow. Yeah, he yeah. said that
1: and it like dismantled everything in my system because I was like, oh my gosh, how much of this did I play out with Mark? I did, I played out most of it with you. And unknowingly, of course, but he said, he said, he calls it the, I, I, correct me if I'm wrong, Mark Woolen, if you ever listened to this, but it was like the love trilogy addiction. And it was like make like, so how I source safety and security was by intuiting the needs of men, pulling them close and making them want me. And that was how I was resourcing or sourcing safety, security, validation, my identity, all of it. And I was like, oh, my goodness. And he's like, and this isn't your fault. This is the core attachment pattern you learned in relationship with your mother. Because I was in an incubator for the first two months of my life, birth trauma, massive attachment trauma. Um, and and uh, me you know, first
0: 10 days. Yeah, yeah.
1: And so those kind of those those that does matter when you're mapping the attachment blueprint for your life and how you relate in relationship. And so basically what he was saying was like. In early childhood, in order to source safety and security, I would jump out of my body, intuit the needs of my mother, and constantly walk on eggshells. Like, what do you need? What can I give you? What do you like? How can I support you? In order to make her okay so that I was okay. And I played that pattern out in every relational dynamic after, trying to Because that was the only way I knew how to attach or act in attached relationships. And so it was like, I was circling into this pattern of like always psychically intuiting the needs of men, pulling them close, making them want me all at the expense of disconnecting from self. And then eventually my body getting so sick that it completely implodes. And I'm like, how did I get here? You know?
0: Which is really interesting because from my experience of you is a lot of the times uh, that intuiting my needs like i knew how to meet my own needs so it's kind of interesting from like when i think about our relational dynamic i don't think about you over functioning for me i actually think about you under functioning and me sourcing my needs through like not sourcing my needs but sourcing my val being validated through like hey here's that thing like you could show up this way so i'm just curious how I wonder how that shows up. Because yeah. to me, maybe the collapsing comes from it not being available within our relationship in some way. Not to say that I'm not part of it. I'm not saying I'm innocent here. What I'm Because I know that I source validation through, like, here's a book. Let's figure this out. But I really did want...
1: Well, how did it show up? I think I was never... Fully honest. Cause I didn't know what my truth was. Like it depended on which part of me was
0: talking. That definitely kept me pulled to you because you knew in unconsciously that was triggering my own wound. Right. Right. Um, and inviting me to heal, inviting me to stand up. I think I was getting sick and you were getting sick.
1: I think to some extent we had a very similar <laughs> dynamic, like how you related in your core attachment with your mother was similar to how I related of like, yeah, that's true. You know? So I think we were actually playing it out in those ways of like you intuiting my needs, me intuiting your needs, but like disconnecting from our core needs or our core truth in order to maintain the relational dynamic because if you were in your core truth you would have left me after 4 months.
0: <laughs>
1: you know, like truthfully.
0: Yeah, maybe a little later than that. Maybe but, a little later, but, you know, cuz I there still was room for expansion. You know, I think when I look back, to me it feels like I like when I think about you, I'm trying to sort of assess what you're saying and my like systemize it in my brain. Yeah. And I think about how I don't actually really feel like you uh, you attuned to my needs. I feel like like you might have attuned to what I wanted and then morphed into that. But and not become, you know, what I was asking, which is like, let's fully function here you know, and knowing that I would have to let go parts of where I get validation for that to even occur. But I actually feel like in some ways, like that cycle was arrested because, yeah, I don't know what I'm trying to say here, but it doesn't feel like you, uh, it felt like you had to feel like you were broken in order for us to be in relationships. So that doesn't feel like you were hyper attuned and chameleoning for me. I was. Okay.
1: Absolutely. The whole time. Like, because, but that, again, was such an old strategy, like to chameleon and to say the right things and to go along with the flow or, you know, at some points I had some access to not doing that, I think, or some level of safety to not do that. But I'd say that a majority of things that were like deal breakers, I would chameleon and or say the right thing in order to maintain relational stability. That's
0: true. Because when I invited you to like meet a moment of like be in or don't, Yeah. you would I give would, an answer that allowed you to stay yes. in as opposed to, and as we mentioned on uh, Jason Gaddis's podcast that you're like, break up with me. And I'm like, hell no. Like <laughs> you break up with me. Like
1: you're low not, point friends low point <laughs>
0: yeah like you're not making me break up with you like this is important that cuz for me at that point i was going either way
1: we have to realize like how it was expressed in my life is like it's such a core pattern that i didn't even have full connection to my deeper needs to like
0: yeah i understand i never
1: that. had so it was like
0: So asking what you need in a relationship was like, I don't know. I'm a chameleon.
1: I don't know. Like. What do you need? Yeah. Who are you? What do you need? Because that's way. What I make for dinner? Yeah. That's way easier to manage than to actually, you know, get, grieve all the, all the grief that is in the way of me actually accessing my true essence and my true needs.
0: So accessing it would mean you'd have to access the fact that you've never accessed it or very, you hadn't for, you know. forever For whatever, since you were a baby. Yeah.
1: And I have experienced, because of that, an immense amount of grief. Yeah. Like, it's a full rebirth process. It's like, sucked all the way back through the timelines, grieving. Some of it feels like I'm grieving ancestral grief, like intergenerational grief. I mean, you are. It's like, whoa. And grief is the emotion of remembrance. It is what catalyzes that deeper uh, journey home, I believe, in my experience. And actually... Supports us in moving from frozen to freedom, like moving all of that stuck survival energy through our systems, grooving it, feeling it, processing it, and then being able to have enough capacity and enough choice to act with agency and autonomy in this world,
0: mm-hmm.
1: which hasn't been available in my generation for thousands of years.
0: Right. So when you and say so, healing generations, yeah. It's like you literally are because literally. when in the maternal line was anything about matrilineal? When in the both of those yeah. work though, don't yeah, they? Yeah, it works. Um in the maternal line, when was the last time anything was about the needs of the the woman?
1: Yeah, it's a good question. I think women too, those that are listening, can access that in their in their lineage, because there were, are there are ancestors who were, you know, connected to the earth, who were revered, who did have, like, so that's possible, but there's a lot in between that has to be processed.
0: I remember talking to Bridget Nielsen about that. And she said that you can just tap into the whole version of your lineage yeah, and ask for them to support you, which I know if you're listening, you're like, I can tap into <laughs> the whole version of my lineage. Yes, you can broaden your point of view, (laughs) because it might transform your life. You know, Mm -hmm. if you're open, because so many, so much of this work does feel like soul rebirth. Uh, It feels greater than what the capacity of our human system can hold when we face it. And then we realize that, like, you have to expand to hold it, but you can. And, you know, so many times in the last year, I thought I would fracture into pieces And it was actually just more of me was there. It was like, whoa, whoa, which doesn't mean I wasn't exactly what you were saying, which you grieve the recognition that it was always there and available to you, but not accessed, hidden away in a a Mm. vault, you know? Yeah. And when we, so we came back together.
1: Yeah, but um, hold on. I just want to share. There's
0: another point here, I, too. I got a point, too. Oh, dude. No, you? no, you keep going, though.
1: But the one thing that really catalyzed me to, to enter that container one, serendipitously, I was somebody named that container t- like three hours after I get off the call with Mark Wolin. So I'm like, and Mark Wolin also told me that I must remove men.
0: Yeah, I remember. So that. he
1: also named that. And basically, what he said, like, so gently, gently. He's the nicest guy. He's so kind. He basically said, listen, if you don't want to be on the same call with me in two years, do this work. And it landed so deeply that I was like, I will not be on this same call with you in two years. Like I'm not going to be that woman. Like we don't have time for that. And so then it was like, okay, I found this next container, no man diet. And I was ready to go in.
0: So, there was a time though, in January where we were speaking. I remember I was at that retreat and we were talking and I forget exactly what the, cause we hadn't stopped communicating at this point. Now, January we've had the reunion. We've decided we're, it's not the right time, but here we are like messaging each other and I could, I'm not going to just pin this on you, but I could tell there, <laughs> there was, uh, like we were both getting something from it. Sure yes mark (laughs) yeah but there was a point i remember i had this recognition where i was like kai is still deciding the depth of this intimacy and this relationship it's still up to her and i knew that needed to change because for me and i remember texting you and saying like or talking to you i can't remember but being like i can't talk to you anymore Mm -hmm. because you still decide everything and you don't actually decide everything. Like he, this has been up to you. This engagement again has hit a limit due to your decision about a limit, even though it might be mutual. It's still, the depth has been, has been limited and on your clock, your time. And I was so done with any of that. And I remember messaging you and saying like, I can't, and it feels painful. And you were like, I hear you. You were always so good at receiving that. uh, You've always been very good at receiving any feedback. And you were like, I hear you. That's true. I'm sorry. Yes. Let's go back into this container. And that, again, was a no contact container. And then you went in your no man thing at that point, right? Yep. and then no here no man diet yeah your man detox man talks. your don talk dong mm-hmm. talks or whatever it's called mm-hmm. and you then messaged me
1: yeah yeah is that what happened yeah. you messaged me yeah I was about I think like eight or nine weeks into that container
0: out of like four months or something right
1: yeah well I had did it previously when Mark Mullen first initi- initiated the idea I I started early. So I was in the container for seven months with some gray area with you. And yeah, I like that
0: gray area felt you good. You were, you were in the
1: gray area yeah. and actually Mark Wolin and I had agreements and I had personal agreements with myself to allow you into the gray area to examine what was in highest alignment. He said
0: that I was okay. Yes.
1: Yeah. To me. So
0: I paid him for that.
1: Yeah, totally. <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs>
0: Thanks. Or probably Mark. not. Uh, um, share a name, share a goal. You're you know. funny.
1: You're funny. (laughs) Ah, That's so good. Well, I think too, what's so important to name here is that entering into that container was actually incredibly activating for me. I thought I was going to die within the first 48 hours. My nervous system was like, you're dead. And there were parts of me that I was meeting in that container that needed to, to, small d, die and be integrated. And I had to hold those parts that were like, who are you? And how do you source safety, security, validation, this identity without this external source? Yeah. And it was like shocking to me how deep <laughs> those patterns went. Like actually to the point where I was like, is this a cosmic joke? Because the more I got clear on it and the more in- intentional and devoted I got to that process, the deeper the awarenesses uh, became of like, wow, there's me trying to hit on the spin instructor and get him to notice me for validation. Like it was like, whoa, I What's couldn't. his
0: name? Who is he?
1: I just, don't even remember his name, I'm but kidding. like, it was like that, like, that's how deep it was in my psyche. And I was like, wow, is that really driving so deeply into my like behavior and choice? I just was like, I'm amazed at myself and you have to laugh about it, you know, like in the process.
0: Well, what a beautiful thing to begin to notice because yeah. you begin to notice these unconscious ways that we source something. In. Right. Right. I mean, you do have to laugh because what I the did. fuck is the point of life if you I can't didn't. laugh at the ridiculousness of the layers? I mean, I think it is a cosmic joke, you know? It's like the one of the greatest jokes is that you can just wake up, you like, know?
1: who am I if the world isn't seeing me? Like, do I right. even exist? You know, that was a big fear that came up. was like, am I even alive without the external validation? Like, it was like wild how much was attached to identity. And, you know, even in what I shared on... The first episode of our conversation around this reunion was I was being invited to completely remove myself from Instagram. And I, I mean, my, I was <laughs> getting rocked. Removing anything where I was sourcing anything from was basically Kai, this is your invitation this year. Remove everything where you're sourcing anything externally so that you can be internally sourced.
0: I remember in, uh, historically I had done a detox for nine months and a year. Mm -hmm. And I remember it being like a drug. It was right before I met you, actually. And I remember it was like a drug. It was like when I, I remember when I'd like go to pick up my phone to text a girl. It was like, you know, you can't. But it was like, but it's easy. You know, it's like, (laughs) but you know, you can't.
1: Exactly. And I- So easy.
0: It's so easy. And I remember that it was like the frantic energy which is so indicative of a nervous system response. Yeah. It was frantic. Mm-hmm. I I can say without a word of a lie, I was actually thinking about this, I think this morning, that just like in my twenties, I was so woman crazy. Like, not when I was in my relationships, but when I was single because of the experience of being single and alone, which I would argue at that time was loneliness and uh, absence of an ability to sit with myself because what was in there was untouched grief that we talked about on the previous episode, Yeah, is that by obsessing about other, one, I could get validation for being attractive or being able to get someone and use charm and all the weapons. It was like I didn't have to feel. Anything but, and that, you know, I believe, I might not have talked about this on the podcast before, but really what ends up happening is we soothe the wound with arousal. And so we, the experience of rejection, the experience of abandonment gets treated with arousal or excitation, which is still a distraction from self. And so what you're speaking to just this, this of just having to be with you with nothing.
1: With nothing. Right. Except for Welcome. sisterhood. Right. I mean, I did have community and, and.
0: Which is beautiful, right? You which learned is, the I need, is I needed, what you needed. Yeah,
1: for sure. And, which healed your
0: relationship and, with. Yeah, with, right?
1: with women healed a lot of my sister wounds, healed my mother wound. I mean, I did some deep work with healing women and dismantling the patriarchy in those containers for myself and for my lineage. And do we want to go back to where I reached out to you?
0: Yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah. Okay,
1: Cool. Um,
0: I I do want to say before you do that though, is I want to point out that one thing that was really beautiful about the container of community that we had, including like my friends that I grew up with and, um, our friends in Vancouver and actually all over the world is that there was no, we never said choose. There was never, we actually said, choose both of us. Like there is no we first would have never tolerated someone not choosing both of us. Yeah. Like there was no about taking sides because there was so much grace between us. No one else felt like they had to be, oh, but I do, we did have boundaries of like, hey, if Kai's going to that party or that dinner, just let me know. Cause I just don't want to be there. Yeah. I'm not into self-abandoning. So I was like, I mean, I used to be super into it so hot back then, but I was like, I'm not going to go if she's there. And if we run into each other, we do, although we never did.
1: No, we didn't. I thought that was such a healing and corrective experience for me. You know, having lost a whole community after my divorce, it yeah. was just like, oh, wow, people can actually hold this in our community. And I'm, s- I'm s- and so there's no
0: right or wrong. There's-
1: right. I was so grateful for the thread of love that was carried through, not only through us, but also through our community who could hold, who could hold transition in a way that was loving.
0: Well, and, you know, I think because also like one thing that I didn't do in our breakup that was available to my shadow was to be the victim and to say like, she wasn't ready. She misled me. She this. It was like, no, we are both. This was a learning experience for both of us and we are complete. Yeah. And I know you were really there was like a fear that that you were the wrong, you did Oh, yeah. Right. And I was like, you're not getting that identity. Fuck <laughs> that. Like- you
1: thank God you held strong on that, though. Like, you really did hold strong of not letting me slip into the shame-based narrative, which I'd been operating in, I mean, for, for so long. You were just like, no, you're not going to play that out here. And that's what I needed. I needed to be reminded of that, actually, initially, was that I'm actually a good person. And because women or any human— who lives in alignment with their soul and who has to choose hard things sometimes like releasing relationships or careers or whatever are shamed in our culture.
0: Yeah, because you're you're dismantling the system by making a choice that goes against the system. So anytime you choose to operate outside of a paradigm, you now the people are gonna be like, yo, get back in fucking line. And we're like, This is our line. It's <laughs> like when someone says, Stay in my lane, I'm like, my lane, my car. Yeah. My road. Bye. <laughs> you know?
1: Yeah, that's funny.
0: So you you reach out to me.
1: Yeah, so I get on Instagram and Mark posted something on one, on, yeah, anyways. And I thought something it was funny. Found. So I think I sent, it like, it was a an,
0: story. Yeah, and, and I, like, it.
1: hit a smiley face reply or something. And then you reached, I think we started a conversation from there. And you were like, oh, yeah, that's funny. Anyways, long story short. Um, we ended up meeting up in Vancouver. We were both there at the same time. My intention with that was truly just to connect and see where we were both at. Mind you, I'm in a container with very. Your
0: intention was to tell me that you wanted to choose me, that you were you wanted it, not wanted it. That sounded weird. Like no, you no, 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 it.
1: no, no. I do not remember that.
0: Wait, my well-
1: intention was to name what was important to me and to and. No, I I do recall this piece and what was coming to my awareness around returning to the land and me having a desire to do that with you. Yes. But I was not clear that it was.
0: No, but you said your intention was to explore it again. And you still had to enter this. You were in a no man diet. Yeah. And you needed to continue that. And when you were done, we would, would I be open to entering it? And I remember saying, yes, like for sure, if we're both single and we're both available and all those things, then yeah, hundred percent. And then, right. then we hooked up <laughs> Then we made sweet, sweet love. I don't know. I put on Barry Manlow. And... I don't know if
1: I'd call it that in my experience. <laughs> 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 uh, so, so yeah, I mean, one thing led to the next and, you know, emotions are flying and there was just a lot happening, of course, you know, in that, and in, in that interaction. And after.
0: Are you saying it wasn't sweet, sweet love because of what occurred after? Like, because of the. Dismissal? No, I
1: mean, I, I have a different viewpoint of that experience considering what happened after and oh, was able yeah, yeah, to yeah. examine yeah. it. So it's hard for me to like not see yeah, it in the way that yeah. I now see yeah, it. Yeah, 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 of course. Um, so. But yes, previous version would have said yes. Um in <laughs> New that moment, is, yeah.
0: I feel uh, I feel like the systems of patriarchy were operating in <laughs> yeah. our intimacy. Yeah, I feel like get ready this, people get ready. I was getting hijacked. Yeah.
1: Um so clearly and I know there's a lot of layers and nuance to this conversation because even Mark and I explaining our journey, you're noticing how many layers and levels of nuance are present here right? Like throughout this whole thing, it was like this contact and this layer and that it's like, there's a lot interplaying here. So meet up with Mark was intimate with him. And immediately after probably I went to dinner with a friend. I'm my full body, full body convulsions, full on trauma response, like could not sleep shaking, like actually very sick. And I remember that night being like. Oh my gosh, what is actually happening to me? Like, this is wild because it was just so much pain that I couldn't even, I couldn't, I couldn't find a narrative to like map off of. And the only thing I could map off of was like, wow, this is what happens when you break your boundaries of your own container. Cause
0: your body was like, that container is, that self abandonment's expensive now.
1: Yeah. And that container is sacred.
0: I, I, I want to just reiterate what you're saying because I think it's so important. Is like when you get into sacred union with yourself, yeah. to step out of alignment costs more. Oh, and yeah. what you're pointing out is is just the the level of awareness you are now in attunement with your soul, and your soul's like, yeah, this work's too important.
1: Yeah, exactly. And
0: and it led to a really beautiful awareness for yeah, both of us.
1: It did, and. And so that night I didn't sleep and I woke up, you know, got out of bed really early, I think like five or 6 a.m. and started walking. <laughs> I was like, I got to talk to Mark <laughs> like immediately because all of this needs to be cleared. Yeah. Like I have to clear it. I have to restore integrity with myself. I have to recommit and redevote to this container. And luckily I had Kendra Kunov hold a very fierce boundary with me, like very fierce in the container of like the very protective mother who saw the soul work that I was doing and was not going to let me mm-hmm. fall back into old stuff she held it very strong which is what i needed in those moments of shame and chaos and disorientation so in the connection with mark that next morning i was like mark we got to talk and showed up at your door i'm like distraught as you remember and i was like i've been shaking like the, whatever happened like no like i'm going back into the container like Let's just,
0: let's (laughs) just like the container is a safe place. The container is very
1: safe and sacred. And this is far from that for my body right now. So, yeah. so in that exchange though, and I think this is, you know, likely one of the biggest moments, turning points that I've currently experienced on this planet was after expressing what was present for me in my own body on my way out, you were like, Hey, I need to clear something with you. And I was like, yeah, well, what's that? And you're like, I noticed this shadow part come out yesterday and it wanted to dominate and control you.
0: No, that's not exactly the wording. What did you use? I'm like, wait, I didn't want to dominate and control you. It was that, I'm like, that sounds like, I'm like, okay, wanted to dominate. No, it wanted wanted to be more important than your container. It wanted me... To, it wanted me to be enough that you would be willing to break your container for me. Mm. That's what it was, and it was this idea that.
1: But I recall that you used the words "dominate" or "control."
0: No, it doesn't resonate. No, sorry. I tell you, if it did, I mean, it maybe was, in your story, in is my it still story, one of the best experiences if we remove "dominate" and "control"?
1: Well, no. Be well. It is because it was finally the first time where. I felt like I could trust a man who knew that part of his ego.
0: I think I, what I said was that I wanted to manipulate, like manipulate and get you to do this. Not from like a get you to do this, but like the shadow part of me was like, am I, can I get her to break her commitment to the container? Right. So yeah. in other words, it might be dominating control. Yeah.
1: The energetics of it were.
0: Okay. Yeah, that's so, I mean, fair. I think from a linguistic point of view, it sounds a lot worse you know, I know it is bad on an energetic level. Yeah. But it sounds like I hear dominating a draw sounds like I hear, totally different.
1: I hear you, but 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 in the way that it was expressed in that moment, for me, it was like there was no animosity. There was no, I mean, after I had to...
0: Putting it in context for the listener. Yeah. Important.
1: Yeah, of course. And I get that. Um, so after that was named, though... It, My whole body did an exhale and I was like, oh my gosh. That part has never been named in any relational dynamic. That part of like, I'm the only the energetics of it is like, I, I don't know how to use the words.
0: I want to claim something right now, though, that I think what I'm trying to do with language is protect the part of me that feels ashamed for the possibility of doing that. Yeah. So...
1: Uh, and, I, 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 and
0: I'm and I'm going to reach back in and, and expand my capacity to hold that by saying uh, in a lot of ways that is uh, passive domination and control to um, have someone break their boundary for you is a complete violation of their it's a violation of their sacred commitment to themselves, which I would never want someone to influence or manipulate me to violate a sacred commitment to myself. And of course, they were both mutual choices. But they're not because what we discovered through that dialogue is there are systems that operate underneath that, that are like, you collapse, I feel significant, and and then we're in a relationship. And it's like, no, we're in a relationship that is now foundationally merged based on that again.
1: Yeah. Again, right? right.
0: So I just wanted to take that back and put that shame in my pocket and I hold acknowledge it. acknowledge
1: you for that. And every time I have this conversation with you and every time we share this part of our story, I always name that I have always played out. And with you, with your grace, I believe that I have played out the darkest sides of the feminine. Manipulation, coercion, like I've played it with you.
0: Yeah, you've had a few.
1: I've had a few like that are (laughs) extremely like, whoa, where the heck did that come from? And so I think by me naming that I'm giving grace to the other side of it, which is these are the parts that actually need to be named in order for us to create and cultivate liberated love because if those are still operating in the shadow like they have been for thousands of years on this planet nobody's getting anywhere we have to look at the energetics of that we have to name those parts that are really really hard to name and be like oh my gosh thank you so much for naming that and identifying that in yourself and having the capacity to name that because i can now trust that you actually know that part of you
0: yeah you know the the experience of the sort of like darkest part of your shadow for me was not the uh being appalled by it but actually rather being like wow how did how did how was that your only choice like i have compassion for the fact that that was your only choice and so it's like for me i look i look at how we both received that experience this more recent one we're talking about yeah and it wasn't like i fucking hate you because of that it was like Oh, there's space for that part of ourselves within this container to say, we love that that exists, but it's not welcome here as an operational procedure. You know what I mean? Right. Or relational dynamic.
1: Yeah. It was like, oh my gosh, thank you. You know, it's like, to some extent, and don't get me wrong, anyone listening to this, I came back fiery around some pieces here (laughs) that I needed to name and clear. Well, after
0: you went on your continue. So Kai yeah. continued on her detox. Yeah. I, Am I moving too faster with that part? Is there anything else you want to share?
1: No, I think, you know, after that experience and after what you named, I, I what I was invited into was actually the next leg of that journey for me, which, me was, too. Yeah, which was womb sovereignty for me.
0: But there's another thing that was part of that, that dynamic, which was, I remember saying to you, That a part of me wanted to like, let's say, pay for your flight, Mm. because if I paid for your flight, then you'd owe me in some way, like I'd have you. And I remember naming that, that like, that I've been programmed that the exchange of money creates safety, or or being a good provider creates certainty, or that yeah, they're unconscious hooks, right? And and when I named that, it brought it out into the surface. Like one thing that Kai and I have for you listening, like one thing that has been sort of a cornerstone of the creation of our new container is that if there's an unconscious thing, we just bring it out into the surface because there are going to be power dynamics that inherently just exist by someone paying, right? And that's true of like employment and all that kind of stuff. And relationally too, but if you can bring it, what is implicit and normally creates hooks and bring it explicitly, then you're actually both agreeing to it from a sovereign state. And then it's not we're like, we're not manipulating each other through this. This is actually our arrangement for... Um,
1: it's clear. It's, right. clean, it's clean energetically. It's clean, yeah. Yeah, it's clean. It's okay. There's so, no manipulative hooks or covert expectations or agreements that are being made. It's actually... And I'm not
0: operating in an old patriarchal right. system, which is right. like... You know, I'm going to pay and be enough and you're going to be compliant and a good woman. You know, not that I wanted that because I certainly didn't date you expecting any form of silence or compliance. There is a lot of opinions available, which I love. And so you called we 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 went through the no man container talk, no talking and coronavirus occurred at this time and we still didn't break any boundaries. And there was every reason in the world, but one thing that has been true throughout our boundary time is neither of us broke our boundaries. we b- always honored the other persons. Like, even on my birthday, you didn't message yeah. me.
1: The no contact boundaries we honored. I broke my own boundary,
0: with, really. Yeah, with that and- one. <laughs> We now, just named that explicitly yeah, yeah, for yeah. everybody. I definitely yeah. did
1: break my own boundary. And in that was actually something very deep and, and unintegrated that needed to that occur, needed to to occur yeah. in order to integrate and name it and process it and activate a whole nether leg of our journey. So yeah, we, I, I exited out of that container and then we had a conversation and, in my transition out of my no-man diet, which I felt very safe in, and I actually was very, very hesitant about entering into a relational dynamic again because my biggest question was like, is this work integrated enough in my system where I'm not going to fall back into previous patterns and relational dynamics? And in order to support me in, in really standing anchored in that, knowing that I'm good, I'm, I'm clear, I'm anchored, I'm safe, um, I'm unconditionally okay... I needed to have some level of clarity around what those agreements were for us in exploring relationship 2.0. And that's where Mark and I had a conversation and I was like, okay, I would like to date for three months and through that dating process, examine what is in highest and best alignment for us at this time.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And for me, that looked like I need my own place not allowing financial hooks like making sure that i was maintaining certain um anchors for me personally that have historically led me into codependent
0: yeah this would dynamics. maybe look different for everybody yeah this will
1: look different for It'd everybody there be some
0: iteration though yeah. of those especially you know if you identify as female and you've been shaped by gendered norms and male same thing we're going to our hooks and the things we self abandon on are going to be similar yeah generally
1: and what you'll find is, as you do this work and commit to the, this level of devotion, your somatic intelligence really comes online.
0: Somatic being body,
1: body, body yeah. intelligence, intuition, instinct, where nervous system
0: starts to get regulated because yes. you're holding the the capacity for all of you. Yeah, which gives you more containment, capacity, ca-
1: capacity regulation. Right.
0: You have access to more parts of yourself,
1: right? And so when you when you start to embody more of who you are, when you notice. Unconscious hooks or old dynamics trying to hook into your system energetically or somatically, your body shows you it's like something's off here, something's being activated, and you need to examine and that.
0: And instead of ignoring that, yeah, because that's what the historically the, the separating self from other does is it allows you to get to know your body again out of relationship. Yeah. So there's this sort of beautiful relationship, as I think it's Pima Chodron talks about the principle of my tree. And instead of self-love, you actually build this reverence for self, this best friends with self. Mm. Um, Yeah. And and in the reunion, you know, I remember you coming in real hot, (laughs) you know, Kai had just finished dismantling patriarchy, uh, you know, all the systems, racial, all the stuff, capitalism, which of course they're all layered upon one another. And, you know, in doing that work, she invited me to do that and dive deeper in certain things. And and I have. And, and it's been a beautiful journey of understanding more and more the complexity of human systems and and just how overlaid it is. It all is. And, you know, when she came back into the container, uh, she had I remember we were having lunch on the back deck and are on the back in the backyard. And she unleashed the she needed to clear about the patriarchy. And I sat there, my hair was blown back and I was like, is it windy? Oh no. And, uh, you know, I think what was important about that is I think a lot of the times as men we're like, but it's not, well, it's kind of like right now, not all men, you know, we like, it's not me though. It's not, which is really what creates the collapsing nice guy too. And it also shows that we have no capacity for collective shame that as a collective, we have manipulated, we have been in, we have misused and abused power. And even though it wasn't me and it has been me, you know, uh, it also, I think it was a powerful experience for me to witness your anger and your rage and your grief. It was because it was seeing, and this occurred through to like, through me too, was like seeing how many, people and women especially have suffered and been in pain and, and just being able to be a container for that.
1: Yeah. (laughs) I just laugh because of reflecting on how fierce I came into that. And, you know, there was a lot coming online for me still, even in our reunion around like the depth of exploitation, extraction and violation and degradation to the feminine and more specifically to women. And I was just like, I am so sick and tired, like truly so sick and tired of the abuse of power and this Stockholm dynamic between men and women Mm -hmm. that I was like, I don't know what I need to do, but I want to tear down anything that's not actually true. That's not actually an integrity because the misuse of power and the way that, you know, me personally, I think when I reflect back, I was so triggered because I was the little girl who was like trying to source my safety, security from the savior and realizing like, you're never going to get that from up there. Like these pedestal dynamics that we have in this culture under patriarchy and these power dynamics that aren't named. It's important, like we talked about, once you name them, you can dismantle them and actually create some neutrality there. But until they're named, they're so unconscious. And it's like, we continue to be extracted and the other side continues to source. And it's like a a cluster, cluster F of a situation that doesn't actually allow us to dismantle the paradigm and the power dynamics that are keeping us stuck in trauma bonds and childhood-like relational dynamics, you know?
0: Well, and no one can really stand in their power. One is standing in power thinking that other people's power costs them power, takes their power away. And the other is remains powerless. You know, it's like a, because one has to give up the power for the other one to get it. That's the perception. That's the way the system operates, as opposed to like, you being powerful doesn't make me less powerful. It actually like integrated power heals. Yeah. And I don't mean power from an exploitive perspective because I think what we were we were talking about this yesterday, a little bit of like the way that all of these dynamics work in an unhealthy way is they're exploitive without restoration. Just like how we treat the planet. We exploit her, which again, the exploitation of the feminine. Yeah. Versus restoration in reverence. Reverence, right. And like I think one thing that you know, has been true in our relational dynamic is the more I have or the more we have, but I'd say more I have in this is like, although you came in hot in all the ways you also brought in, you've always given me tremendous feedback, but I'd say what was different about the feedback now is there was a meeting eye to eye, you know, there was like, your feedback was from like a real powerful woman. And that for me was like, I was sort of, I I just continue to be in awe of it and I, and, and just be like, wow, I'm so blessed. Mm. I'm so blessed. And your feedback is always an invitation for me to be a better man. And that knowing that that's the intention of your feedback always, although I would say it's not always delivered in a way that I, uh, the kid in me is like, that's good. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> totally. I still, um, and just, I have to tell you in the last, in the time we were apart, we were apart uh, till this moment, um, you have just continued to transform into and, and continue to be such an incredible woman and and that I'm just, I'm so blessed.
1: Thank you, love. I receive that fully. It's been such an honor to continue to dismantle and remember and restore what love truly means it should with be free. you? It should be free. It should be flowing, and it's. I mean, I've said this since before our reunion, but it's like it is my belief that we are put on this planet to model that and to to restore what what it looks like to some degree, obviously. Yeah, to um, participate in to that. participate mm-hmm. in that restoration and return and and remembrance of, of honoring the feminine within all life, within nature, because it, it has been denigrated. It has been violated for so long that we've all forgotten, you know, all of us have. And to be on this journey with you doing this work at this time feels like truly such a blessing for me because to have a man who sees me, who honors me, who reveres me, who also is on the path of restoration is, I mean, it's a gift. And I hold that as sacred. And so thank you for continuing to say yes, because it can be really easy to say no.
0: (laughs) Amen. It is.
1: It's easy. uh, It's easy to say no to this work, because as you know, when you say yes to it, all of any false illusions of power identity, they're all crumbling. It's like a massive death to some of these old paradigms and structures that we've been sourcing identity through that are no longer in service to the planet and to life.
0: Well, they're all false. They're all false. And that's what's left standing is is life. Right. is, you know, I think we're all free when that occurs. That's why when, you know, if you're listening and you're like, man, I experienced a rupture, I experienced a breakup, we experienced infidelity, we experienced... That's why my response to anyone telling me that is always... Okay, now what? Like, welcome. Mm. This is the opportunity. Like, relationships going through struggle is always an invitation to more truth, to layer, unlayer something, to free ourselves of something. Even the misconception that struggle is in some way an indication that the relationship itself is broken, which is not to say that it doesn't inform us that a relationship can meet its end. Yeah. But to just trust, man.
1: Yeah. To trust, you know, I I think about the embodiment of that word, because I think it's one thing to know it intellectually, it's another thing to feel it somatically and in your bones of like, I trust myself, I trust life, I trust God, source, divine, however you identify with that word. And for me, the last piece of that journey, and I'm just going to name this briefly, and I think we'll probably need to do another episode on this, but (laughs) is womb sovereignty. Mm. I had to restore my connection to my own womb and my procreative energies. These are the most powerful energies on the planet. They have been deeply distorted, exploited, extracted for both, for anyone who is a human. And it is my belief that the invitation right now is to restore integrity with that energy. It's like what has been planted in the garden of our beings and how can we pull out the weeds? and cultivate what it means to be in right relationship with, for women or for those who have cycling wombs, like to be in right relationship with your womb, to be in right relationship with the sexual energy. And um, it was given to me in a ceremony two, gosh, last year. And this one hit me so deep, as you know. (laughs) What was shared was that the womb governs the gut, the heart, the throat, the mind, it's bottom up. And when you look at it from an energetic perspective, the womb being, or haraf for men, um, this energetic womb space is the most powerful energy on the planet. It's creation energy. And when that has been distorted, you're not standing in integrity. You're not standing in internal order. And so what would it look like to restore that? And I know there's a lot of layers to this conversation, but for me, hearing that piece of information last year changed my life because I was like, we're getting, (laughs) we're going to do whatever we need to do here in order to become the gatekeeper of this, of this portal. Mm -hmm. And, and really asking myself, how am I echoing energetically through the web of life? How am I showing up in my thoughts? How am I showing up in my words? How am I showing up in my actions? How am I showing up in my energy? How am I showing up sexually? Is that leading to more restoration or desecration?
0: Such a good question.
1: And the, I, I believe that's the invitation on the table right now as, as our species, as a total, are coming to a head of asking ourselves of, where is this going and where are we going to take it? Are we going to remember our sacred role in nature as co-stewards of this planet in the circle and web of life? Or are we going to continue to play out pleasure cycles of distraction and disassociation and fragmentation that aren't in right relation?
0: Right relation, meaning alignment with. Yeah, alignment
1: with. Not right as in morality of right wrong, but right being like, Is this what it looks like for me to be in right, just relationship with myself,
0: integrity, alignment? Yeah. Would you think like the things that were brought forward to be healed within our relationship were the same thing? The power dynamics changing my healing, your healing that that and there's going to obviously be more continued. That's (laughs) I'm not about to say it's done because I'll get a cosmic two by four disrupt a mantle into the head is well in the recognition actually just the humility to know and the curiosity to invite more lessons and expansion and like what was and continues to be sort of healed within us is the invitation that we're facing as a collective which is why all the stuff that we do when we're like how do you change the world you change yourself how do you heal the world you heal yourself because the world needs you healed relationships need you healing you know, healed might be the wrong term, but healing. That thriving. This, right, and thriving. Sorry, I'm like... Yeah, I like that.
1: I want to get to thriving on this planet.
0: Well, and this idea that we, we have to do that by buying shit, by consuming, by making more money, you know, as opposed to like, how do we do it from a place of embodiment, yeah, reverence. Humility. right humility.
1: Right, humility. Right relationship, of course. And we will always have soul lessons to learn. But may we learn them through the highest vibrational paths of love, grace, and ease forevermore. <laughs> you know, there's ways to learn soul lessons, and I don't think that we always have to learn them all through pain. No. I know that you and I have learned a I've lot learned of them soul through lessons.
0: Suffering, but I've learned through, them through joy, surfing. through play, through <laughs> I've, I've learned them from hiking. I've right. learned them from being with friends. I've learned them from music. I've learned yeah. them from and so psilocybin. Learned, you know. And absolutely. And I You know, I I know a lot of the questions we got about our break were things like, well, how did you come back together? And so, you know, we came back and set this intention to date. And then others were like, how did you handle you guys talking to other people in between? And I'd say like, I don't even know that there's a requirement to get into specificity about that rather than to say like, look, we, we explored the questions that were required to say, how do we rebuild trust between ourselves? And how do we re-enter this container and uh navigate those things it, and really it just being this open conversation with human emotions that's like, but I didn't do anything wrong or this this you know it's like okay, but we're still building something sacred here so what do we need to do to honor the sacred nature of this container and you know it's um it's been a juicy one <laughs> 2.0. Uh, 2.0.
1: Yeah. So
0: let it burn part two.
1: Let it burn part two. And if you're interested in doing this work with me, I am relaunching Anchored for the second time since I had so much <laughs> inquiry after I closed that container. So if you're ready to unhook from codependent dynamics and externally sourcing, then I would love to support you in re-anchoring. Into and
0: stepping your- into your womb. Sovereignty. sovereignty. Yeah. Yeah, because the last time you run it, I mean, like I get to, uh, I know a few people who are taking it, so I get to hear from them about it, that it's been a transformational, beautiful, soul-stirring experience. And so uh, I can offer a couple bilateral testimonials. <laughs> I might have used bilateral wrong, but you know what I'm saying.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: that that every single woman I know who's part of it has been like, Wow.
1: I'm just so deeply humbled. I'm in awe.
0: Well, it's your work. I, it's the work you just
1: right through, exactly. the super
0: compressor yeah. of, you know, and it's, it's really the way to transform is find someone who's, who's where you want to be. And, you know, I think last time we had this conversation, people were really just in awe of, of your voice and where you're at and the transformation. And I mean, you can hear it. So, uh, where do people go do this? Women, where do women go sign up for Anchored?
1: Yeah, on my website is the best place to sign up. Uh, Macbeth.com backslash courses.
0: And Macbeth is spelled?
1: M-C-B-E-A-T-H.
0: M-C-B-E-A-T-H. So K-Y-L-I-E-M-C-B-E-A-T-H. I obviously know how to spell her name, everyone. I was just getting her to spell it out loud. Uh, imagine <laughs> 2.0 <laughs> still doesn't know how to spell her name. So KylerMcMeth.com slash courses. Yeah. Perfect. Well, babe, it's been a slice.
1: It has been. Um,
0: I love you. Thank you for coming on the podcast again and sharing uh, our journey and look forward to having you back on again Mm. for a third part three to be determined, (laughs) to (laughs) be continued. Um, Thank you. I love you. I
1: love you too. Thanks for having me and thanks for listening, everyone. Much love.